Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. You're pregnant and plan to breastfeed. You've heard the amazing benefits of breastfeeding, but you're not sure where to start when preparing for it. Today, we're discussing how to prepare for breastfeeding. This is Preggy Pals. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating? I think I just peed myself. I'm pregnant and I have to exercise. What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? (laughs) Gotta make these pants I've got kinkles. What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms, and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Preggy Pals is your online, on-the-go support group for expecting parents and those hoping to become pregnant. I'm your host, Stephanie Glover. We've covered topics for every phase of pregnancy. Visit our episode guide on our website to scroll through those topics and listen directly from your computer through iTunes or download our free app available on Android, iTunes, and Windows Marketplace. And be sure to check out our new network app where you can listen to all your favorite new mommy media shows on the go. Here's Sunny with more information on how to get involved with Preggy Pals. All right. Hi, everybody. Thanks for being with us today. So we have different segments on the show that we would really love for you guys to be part of. We love to hear from our listeners. It just makes the episodes more fun to know that you guys are participating in it with us. So um, a couple of the segments that I want to highlight today, we have um, a great segment where you can ask our experts questions. So it could be about your pregnancy, you know, whatever's going on with you, we would love to know about it. We'll basically pair that question up with an expert, and then we'll release that on a future episode so other pregnant mamas can learn about it and Odds are they have the same question you do anyway, so it's helpful for everybody. Um, there's another segment we do that we love that's called Pregnancy Oops, and that's where we share our funny stories of what we what has happened to us basically during our pregnancy. So if there's anything that you look back on, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened, why don't you share it with the world? Because that's a natural thing to do, right? <laughs> yes. So there's a couple different ways you can submit for these segments. You can go to our website at newmommymedia.com and click on the contact link and uh, submit that way. Or if you actually want to share the story yourself, as opposed to myself reading it or Stephanie reading it, you can call our voicemail at 619-866-4775. And that way you can tell your story and then we'll just take that clip and put it in a future episode. Thank you, Sunny. So we're going to go around and introduce ourselves as panelists. I will start. um, Again, my name is Stephanie Glover. I host Preggy Pals. I'm a mom to two daughters. Gretchen is four and she was my C-section baby. And Lydia is two and she was my VBAC. Shannon? Hi, I'm Shannon. I am 31. I am a stay-at-home mom to two children. Um, Gabriella is going to be two next um, week, and Emerson will be four months. And I had two C-sections because I'm consistent. (laughs) (laughs) Consistency is important in parenting. (laughs) And Shayla, how about you? Um, I'm Shayla Groves. I'm 34. I have one child, a nine-month-old son named Henry. And he was a natural hypnobirth in the hospital with a midwife. 
Wonderful. Awesome. And sunny. Yeah, so I have four kiddos of my own. My oldest is five. He's in kindergarten. Then I have a three-year-old boy, and then I have identical twin girls who just turned two last week. Aww. So, yeah, no more babies for me. We're done. <laughs> we, we have enough on our plate. <laughs> Sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Okay, so before we kick off today's show, we have a news headline that I found online that I thought was pretty intriguing. Hopefully, you guys will think the same. So this is actually based out of the UK, so you kind of have to use your imagination for everyone here that's uh, in the US because it doesn't apply necessarily to us. But they are actually soundproofing some maternity and delivery rooms over in the UK. And I kind of wanted to get your feedback on this. It's an interesting concept. For what they're doing in the UK, it's kind of a sad story. Um, They're doing it at a specific uh, maternity unit. And the reason they're doing it is because there was a family there who whose baby was born stillborn. And if you can kind of put your, you know, wrap your head around this scenario, you know, she was obviously didn't know her baby was going to be born stillborn. Um, There's a lot of trauma there, but she's listening to all these other babies being born and um, happy families and things like that. And obviously that can have a, you know, a pretty big impact on you. And so one of the things this family wanted to do was at least start small and start with this one hospital, again, the UK, and see if they could soundproof some maternity units to just give people a little bit more privacy. Because it's true, you never know what's going on in the room right next to you, right? And it can have the same effect, too, of someone that is trying not to freak out about labor and delivery or, or you know, the hypnobirthing. Yeah. Right. That's what I was just thinking. Exactly. And, you know, you hear something going on in the next room and it totally throws you <laughs> off, right? It's really hard to concentrate. So anyways, again, it's not happening here in the U.S., but I wanted to throw it out there because I understand, trust me, you know, being in radio and TV and that kind of stuff, I understand soundproofing <laughs> and that can be expensive. But, you know, I don't know. What do you guys think, Stephanie? I could see some benefits. I was telling the the ladies before we started recording, when I arrived to the hospital with my second, uh, in labor with my second child, I was very vocal and probably a little scary. <laughs> and so um, I, I'm sure that others in the hospital who were hoping for a peaceful environment would have appreciated it. <laughs> yeah. My only question would be, how are they going to pick which mom goes into what room? Like, oh, this mom, maybe she had some sort of complications right. or anything like that, and she gets to go into the soundproof room. Or, <laughs> you know, she was a screamer with her last kid, so we're going to put we her have, in the soundproof room. medical chart we, right <laughs> It's red ink across the top. Screamer! She goes in the soundproof room. So... That would be my first question, but I think it's a good idea otherwise. Yeah, and then you get all worried like when they, they're like, I'm sorry, but we're going to sign you to the soundproof room. You're like, oh my gosh, like what's wrong? What I, do I not know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would almost be me? like, I'm going to be louder now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to test this it's out because I can. It's a challenge <laughs> Exactly, <for you>. exactly. <laughs> 
I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they've thought this through. It does. It does say in the article that it's going to cost twenty five thousand euros, so not dollars, right? right euros to um, fund two soundproofing rooms. At wow. the, yeah. So it is really expensive. Uh, Shayla, any thoughts on this article? Yeah, um, I, I actually think it's a great idea. We were fortunate when my son was born that we were the only patients um, in the hospital in the birthing center at that time. So, you know, we didn't, there wasn't a lot of sound or anything out in the hallways, but apparently at one point um, in my delivery, I was pretty vocal and the nurses were laughing afterwards that they had brought like a tour of new employees like through the birthing center (laughs) while I was being a little vocal and she was like I'm pretty sure one guy was extremely traumatized (laughs) oh my gosh that that poor guy (laughs) yeah so in that case it would have been great well you know you got to break them in early yeah (sighs) all right guys I'll put a link up on our Facebook page so you guys can check it out waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Today we're discussing how to prepare for breastfeeding. Joining us on the phone is Gina Chanye, certified lactation counselor, mom of two breastfed kids, and global vice president of healthcare relations at Lansano, a breastfeeding and pumping accessories company. Welcome to Preggy Pals, Gina. Thank you. So once a mother decides that she's going to breastfeed, there are resources to help her prepare while she's pregnant. Are there classes she can take? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a really good idea to know what to expect. So taking class They're often offered with um, childbirth classes like labor and delivery, baby skills classes. So if you can sign up for breastfeeding class before baby comes, it's great because you know what to expect. You understand sort of how the whole process works. And so, okay, so the classes cover what to expect. And are they generally like a one-time class or do you go for a few? Um, It really depends on the the hospital that's offering it or the OBGYN office that's that's offering it, but I went to two days that was a combination of the childbirth, labor and delivery, and breastfeeding. So breastfeeding is a segment of it, but generally it's several hours long and, again, covers what to expect, what to expect in the early days, what's going on with your milk, you know, supply and demand, all of those sort of basic building blocks of breastfeeding. And would you recommend that a mom just uh, go on her own or should a partner attend as well? It would be great if her partner goes because it breastfeeding obviously is between mom and baby, but there's so much that a partner can do to keep an eye out on baby's latch or, you know, help with positioning or even grabbing water, you know, from mom while she's nursing, just understanding that breastfeeding is going to make her thirsty. She needs to stay hydrated. So just that sort of two people thinking about how to triage this very new situation can be really, really helpful. And who often teaches the classes? Are they nurses, childbirth educators? It really depends, but it can run the gamut of, you know, a nurse who's also got breastfeeding specialization or lactation counselor or consultant. I mean, there are a lot of, and then they're also like, so they might split it with a childbirth educator or nurse midwife doing the labor and delivery section, and then a, you know, a breastfeeding counselor or consultant who's doing the breastfeeding section. But a lot of nurses 
also get their breastfeeding specialization. So a lot of times it's someone who's trained in breastfeeding. Okay, that's awesome. When would you recommend that a couple take their breastfeeding course or the breastfeeding preparedness class? Is it usually in like the middle of pregnancy or more towards the end? Is there a recommended time? You know, third trimester, like the beginning of the third trimester. So you're not too close to birth thinking, you know, you're you're thinking about so many things at that point in time and really mom's brain does tend to switch to, okay, focus on labor and delivery. So doing it a little bit earlier in your third trimester is helpful because, you know, baby's not too far away from coming. You're able to sort of think about the information, absorb it without being in kind of a stress situation like, oh my gosh, the baby could arrive any day. Right. Um, and then it, it is important then to follow up when baby actually gets here. There are classes that you can take when you're in the hospital and those can be really helpful because then baby's here and you can actually practice with your baby. Awesome. Before they release you into the world. I remember thinking, <laughs> I get to, I just get to take this baby home now. <laughs> really? <laughs> now, um, Shannon, did you take any breastfeeding classes? I did not take any classes beforehand and I'm, I'm agree with Gina's point that it would be helpful to have done that because I was just like, oh, my grandmother breastfed six children. My mom breastfed me for a while. I've got this. And then Gabriella got here and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> this is totally different. Yeah. This is different. <laughs> didn't really start coming in until like the fifth or the sixth day. So right. I was nursing and they were getting the colostrum, but I had to supplement with formula. And there was this whole like stigma attached to having to do that, that I had to deal with. So I probably, if I would have had some classes and that would have been addressed in the class, you know, I would have felt much much better, much, much better. And Gina, do they address um, like what happens after a C-section and then and the differences between um, birthing methods and breastfeeding classes? They do, yeah. And that's why it's also good to you know make contact with the person who's teaching the class. I mean, I didn't know if I was going to have any problems, but I had that Elsie's name and number with me, and. She said, you know, let me know when you have questions. Let me know. There are no bad questions. A small situation can turn kind of into a big deal when, you know, there are people around to help. So it's definitely, you know, something that they cover, especially if you're going to have a C-section. Whatever situation, it's, there are people definitely available to help. I mean, breastfeeding is natural, but it doesn't always come naturally. And I think that's, you know, it's totally understandable, like, you know, your grandma nurse and your mom nurse and everyone's like, come on, why can't you just do it? Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's not, it, you know, that's all well and good until you're absolutely exhausted <laughs> and you don't know what's going on. So, right. you know, it, it's totally, I was, I'm a, I'm a breastfeeding educator and I called the hotline when I had my son. I'm like, he's 10 pounds. I don't know what to do. He, mm-hmm. he won't wake up. And I said, it, they said, is Gina, is that you? I mean, you just don't know. <laughs> You don't know what's up and what's down. I mean, right. it, was, it was much earlier on when I was just starting to be a peer counselor. But, you know, you doubt yourself. So I think it's kind of knowing what's expect and knowing that there are people, you know, to, to help, I think, is also, you know. And, and if you've got the questions, many, 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 many other moms have had the same questions. It's kind of bind together in our journey. Yes. And um, Shayla, did you attend any breastfeeding classes while you were expecting? I did. I was actually maybe over prepared, if that's possible, but we kind of signed up for everything that the hospital offered. Um, so we did the childbirth education class where breastfeeding was just kind of one segment of that class. Um, and then we also signed up for a separate introduction to breastfeeding course that was 
maybe like a couple hours on a different evening. And then through the Hypno Baby Home Study course that I did, that was also information about breastfeeding in there. So, you know, there was a lot of overlap in the information that I got between those three classes. But I think at the end of the day, it just, you know, helped reinforce the things that I had learned and really built my confidence and my ability to breastfeed. So I think I felt as felt as prepared as possible um, when it was actually, you know, time to start breastfeeding. And, you know, there's a lot of things that you, you don't learn until you actually have a baby in your arms and you're working through it yourself. But um, I felt like I had a pretty solid background. So I would certainly recommend taking at least one class. I think, you know, three is probably <laughs> maybe a little bit overboard, but um, one class for sure would be really helpful. You know, one thing that I've heard, too, is that it's helpful to go to a breastfeeding support group, which is a little bit different Mm -hmm. than the actual classes that the hospitals offer, um, simply because you don't know if you're going to need that afterwards. And there's a lot that's going on right after you have your baby that trying to find a group afterwards and where is it located and where do I park and simple things like that when you're carrying a newborn baby, especially for those that, you know, are are brand new moms have never been moms before could be overwhelming. So I would say in addition to the hospital classes you can do if you can find a local support group and even go once or twice before just to kind of get an idea of what it's all about could be really helpful. That's an awesome tip. Yeah. Gina, are there additional breastfeeding resources that you would recommend? I mean, Sunny brought up an awesome resource. You know, anything else that a woman can look for within her community or even, you know, in her bookstore? (laughs) Um, Any other resources you recommend? Yeah, I mean, the hospital, if you're having a baby, um, your baby in the hospital is, is a good place to start because a lot of times there are support groups or little gatherings. Like I was lucky enough to give birth in a women's hospital, which was, which unfortunately now are becoming few and far between. But, and there was a little group at the breastfeeding center in the hospital put together. And so, you know, it wasn't in a, it was in a hospital, but it was in a nice cozy setting with a breastfeeding, you know, counselor right there. And I went back when I was going back to work to talk with moms and they had a scale there. So it was really cool. You could weigh the baby before and after. And so groups in the hospital can be really helpful, but also like your pediatrician's office. A lot of times they have a little bulletin board up there. There are other moms. I mean, I used to meet other moms just sitting in the waiting room because you go all the time and you <laughs> tend to see you get on a, a similar rotation with other moms. But I think bookstores are also really good. Any place that you have sort of a bulletin board with like a community gathering, just keep your eyes open for stuff like that. But also ask your friends who have kids, like were there groups that they put together? Well, late league groups are still going on and can be really, really helpful. And then, you know, obviously like for technical breastfeeding stuff, like online resources, just it's important to know that the resource is credible. Like, well, AJ League has a ton of information. It's not in a scary format. It's very understandable. Kelly Mom, K-E-L-L-Y Mom.com is an amazing resource. Lansano's got, um, you know, resources on its website. So, you know, in person is super helpful because you can be with other moms and see their babies and, you know, it's that nice social interaction. So also when you take classes, inquiring there, they often will give a list of resources for, you know, follow-up. Great. Thank you. So when we come back, we'll discuss how to prepare for breastfeeding during the postpartum period. We'll be right back. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. 
the world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Welcome back. Today we're discussing how to prepare for breastfeeding. Certified lactation counselor Gina Chanier is our expert. So let's talk about breastfeeding itself. What can a mom expect when establishing breastfeeding, such as, you know, how long does it take for the milk to come in? Well, it's interesting because while while a woman is pregnant, her body is already preparing milk. And so if the baby is born at whatever age, then the milk, the body has the milk in order to help with the baby's growth and development at that age. So when the baby is born, the early milk is called colostrum. Very thick, very dense, yellow. It is like the best booster ever. It has so many antibodies, vitamins, nutrients, minerals. It's amazing. It's very thick and it doesn't, it's not very plentiful. Um, so mom's mature milk will come in at about day three or four. However, if mom had a C-section, it could take a little bit longer, and that's something that, you know, she would be monitoring with a lactation counselor or something that she would just be monitoring. But when baby's born, it's important to know that baby's tummy is about the size of a marble. So when mom has that thick colostrum, it's so dense and so thick that it fills up baby's little tummy perfectly. So moms are often thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm not gushing out milk right away when baby's born, that's totally normal. And that more familiar whitish um, milk will begin to come in around day three or four, often, you know, feels very tingly, breasts will start to swell with milk. Those are indications. So usually around day three or four, C-section, you are like around five or six. And how many times can a mom expect to be nursing the baby in that first week of life? It is Again, important to remember that like baby's tummy is so small. So day one is about the size of a marble. Day three is about the size of, let's say, an egg, maybe a little bit smaller than an egg, maybe like a ping pong ball. And then day 10, it gets bigger to more of, you know, like a, a ping pong ball or like a small ball, not quite a tennis ball. So mom is going to be feeding baby baby's going to be drinking, digesting the milk because it's made just for them. So really easy to digest and they're going to deplete that milk out of their little marble tummy and they're going to need it refilled. So very often (laughs) mom is going to be feeding at least eight to 10 times during a 24 hour period. But I say at least italicized underlined because babies really need to be feeding very often because what they're doing is teaching mom's body how much milk to make. So it's this incredible supply and demand process. And So it's usually, you know, it could be every hour and a half to two hours. Every day their tummy gets bigger. Every day that time sort of lengthens. But especially in the first week, a baby comes out. And again, it's natural, but it doesn't always come naturally. And baby thinks, what am I doing? Mom's body is thinking, what am I doing? And so it's that first week is quite an adjustment, but it does all sort of flow and fit together. How could you describe to someone who hasn't yet breastfed what it might feel like? It is such an interesting, I mean, my kids are 14 and 11 and I can literally still feel what it was like to breastfeed. It's a combination of feelings like when your milk starts to let down after baby is latched on, 
your milk starts to let down because baby's sucking is signaling to your body, okay, release the release the valve. <laughs> and <laughs> and then your milk starts to travel down through these channels and then eventually it, it comes out and it's this tingling feeling. And sometimes tingling can be, oh, that's kind of an interesting feeling. Other times tingling can be, oh my gosh, just hurry up and get the milk down because your breasts are generally swollen um, until your body sort of figures out, okay, how much milk am I making? And, and it's a good thing to have a lot of milk, but your breasts can get very tight. Um, they can be hot. I realize I'm not selling this very well. <laughs> it's, it's what is this going to start to get in any like part of your body that, that swells? I mean, it, you sort of get that, ooh, that's kind of interesting. And then you're like, no, 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 that's, that's actually not very comfortable. But the best thing, the best thing is that there's an answer for it. And the answer is just nurse on demand. And I know that sounds really ridiculous and overwhelming, but baby's going to tell your body and baby's going to tell you when they're hungry and it's going to be often, but then they grow and then it's not going to be as often, but all of it's like a part of the process and every little role that you see on your baby, you're going to know, okay, that's why I'm feeding every hour and a half. And then Eventually, it gets to every two hours, but during that time, it can feel, you know, very tingly, tight, but the other amazing thing about breastfeeding is this, you almost get this, like, lovely cloud rolling over you, and you get this, like, relaxed feeling. Yeah. It might last for a second, because you're like, okay, that's great, and I still have laundry to do, and all these things <laughs> just get right back into stress, but oxytocin is the love hormone and it's released when you're breastfeeding or when someone touches your skin. You feel so sleepy and it's just an amazing feeling. And that's why a lot of times you get drowsy when you're nursing, baby gets drowsy, you get in kind of this little rhythm. So it's as daunting and scary as breastfeeding seems sometimes. And I 100% get that. There is so much amazing feeling that comes from it as well. I and mean, it's just something that no one else can replicate. It's, it's really, it's nice. I love that you touched on that fog because I remember it and we're all in the studio nodding right mm-hmm. now um, because it almost, I, I used to think of it as like it would force me to slow down for those moments because we're always mm-hmm. thinking of a to-do list or whatever and you almost sort of couldn't go there mentally. Like you would just relax mm-hmm. <laughs> and just space out for a little bit and it was Okay, you needed to. But now, panelists, That's I'd love to... That's what gets us through, uh, the, you know, the challenges. We're like, okay, there is yes. a good feeling coming up. Right. <laughs> right. And, you know, panelists, I'd love to hear from you. Were there any surprises um, with how it felt or um, the feelings of bonding or, or whatever? Any surprises that you discovered with breastfeeding? I was mainly surprised about how painful it was with my nipples. Like, they oh. needed to, like, chap and, like get hard almost before it was and then they healed and it was fine i was also surprised that the second time that did not happen my nipples were good to go um and the other thing that i would say that was really awesome that kept me coming back with the nursing um because i had planned with brie a birth center birth and a water and it was going to be a nice and idyllic and then my blood pressure spiked and i ended up in the hospital so i was determined to breastfeed i was like look this is happening (laughs) i'm doing this you know i don't care if it comes out on day six or day seven i don't care the lactation consultant came to the house and she helped me out a lot um but i was surprised about that high that once my milk came in 
and she would nurse, I'd be sitting there like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. There's some rainbows. Yeah, and like I could fall in, I would fall asleep while I was nursing her a lot. And I yeah. was just it it kept me coming back. I was like, okay, I don't feel like feeding her. I don't want her attached to me right now. I pumped, you know, let her have a bottle, but then I was like, wait a second. <laughs> this is like my one perk right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm yes. gonna take this. <laughs> and and Shayla, how about you? Yeah, um, I actually, I loved the way that Gina described it because she was kind of able to vocalize some of the sensations that you initially feel when you're breastfeeding. I think I was really surprised by just that tingling sensation um, the first time that my milk came in. And it was a little bit, it wasn't painful, but it was uncomfortable um, to the point where I needed to get that milk out right that second. Um, and I remember my son was sleeping. I think he was about, you know, three or four days old at the time. He was sleeping. And so I was just like running for my pump. I had, hadn't even, you know, unpacked it or unwrapped it or read the instructions or anything. So I was just trying to figure out like how to put it together as quickly as possible to get this milk out. Um, because it was just such an odd sensation. And, you know, now um, that he's nine months old, I don't really experience the um, letdown sensation as much as I did like in the early days. So it's just it's kind of a bizarre sensation um, to describe. But I, I really thought that the way Gina described it was pretty accurate. Yeah, it's um, really interesting. And then I was also just a go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say to to your letdown point. It's really interesting how different that is for everybody. Because I remember with Gabriella, like, where's my letdown? Where's my letdown? And I didn't start to feel it until she got a little stronger. And I, I remember um, she was about five months when I was like, what is that pressure? And then I was like, oh, that must be my letdown. And I, I called my mom and I'm like, mom, I've got pressure. She's like, that's your letdown. Good job. And I was like, I've got a letdown now. <laughs> you know, I was really happy. And with Emerson, I felt that right away. I mean, he was 10 pounds at birth. I was like, how am I going to nourish you? Like, you're huge. <laughs> My daughter was seven pounds and she was a typical breastfeeder. Like she nursed for an hour and a half, uh, every hour and a half and for 45 minutes. So she was constantly on me. Emerson was a champ. He would nurse for seven or eight minutes, and then he was done with me for, like, maybe an hour, two hours. I'm efficient, Mom. Exactly. Yeah, I've got it. I've got this down. So it's it's really, really interesting how different it is. And we all, as women, have this shared experience of mothering our children and, and of breastfeeding and of going through labor. And, and um, then you get the baby home, and it's like everything's completely different for everybody. It's really, really cool. Yeah. And Shayla, were you, were you saying something else, or...? I was just going to say, I was also surprised, you know, by how much I loved breastfeeding, um, really from the beginning, like even when your nipples are sore and chapped and you, you do like keep coming back for more. It's always been my favorite part of the day, just kind of snuggling up with Henry and it's our, you know, cuddly time together. And I really feel like not only does it feed him nutritionally, but emotionally too. It's like we both need that time to just like plug in with each other and connect. And so that's, you know, even nine months later, that's what keeps me going, um, even on the days when I'm busy and have a million other things that I need to be doing besides sitting there and breastfeeding. Um, it's just, I just love it so much. So that was a surprise, too. 
Shayla, I love how you said, you know, plug in with one another and connect. I had this image of like, you know how you charge your phone at night? It's like your, your battery is <laughs> like on empty. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking because, yeah. you know, we do that every day. And that's how I feel too because I'm, I'm still breastfeeding my twins who just turned two. And it's just so – it's so nice. I mean they don't have to do it nearly as often anymore. They're very efficient. I mean <laughs> you only need them on for like five minutes. Yeah. Um, but that's how I feel too. And if I can just allow myself to relax for like five minutes – and just be with them. And I do weird stuff too. Like I smell their hair. And oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like <laughs> because they still have that baby smell. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. that, that's how I feel too. I just, that's, you know, I'm like an iPhone. I just need to be plugged in and just connect with my kids again. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Gina, so we've um, actually on Preggy Pals, we've covered creating your postpartum plan. We've done a whole episode on it. But Gina, what would some tips be for kind of creating that postpartum breastfeeding plan? We've, we've talked about finding some resources, but are there any other tips that you'd want to share with um, future breastfeeding mamas to really prepare for that, that postpartum period? Yeah. I mean, I think it kind of goes back to knowing what to expect and knowing what the process is and knowing what's entailed in that. And, and I mean, it really comes back down to those sort of those basics that can really be Super helpful, especially when you get back home. I mean, I think it's interesting what my OBGYN said to me, and I've had different reactions to this, but what it said to me, he said, your job that you've chosen for the first two weeks when you get home, do not do anything. He said, your job is, you know, rejuvenating, like trying to catch up on any sleep you possibly can. And then he laughed a lot and I didn't know why. (laughs) Um, And he said, your job is feeding hanging out with that baby all the time and you're going to realize what I mean by feeding constantly and taking care of yourself and taking care of the baby. Let other people take care of everything else. You might think you're going to be interested in laundry, like just really, it's going to be there. And someone else who is looking for a job to do, that's awesome if they could help you with that. But understanding that this is one of the most important jobs that you'll have. It doesn't mean that breastfeeding supersedes the importance of everything, and I'm definitely not suggesting that. However, your baby is relying on you, and you have this, you know, breast milk that your body has made specifically for, tailor-made for your baby. So knowing that you're going to be feeding a lot, a lot of moms like to you know, either whether they use an app or whether they write it down the old-fashioned way, you know, how long they fed on the left side, how long they fed on the right side, how many diaper changes. And all those things are good to do because you're tracking your recording, but you're also able to give information to your healthcare provider. I mean, I think having realistic expectations that, you know, honestly, you're probably, you're not going to get a lot of sleep, but that's okay. I mean, you just you really got to rest when baby rests and, you know, snuggle up and learn how to breastfeed lying down because that is an amazing position that will free your mind, like, to relax and to rest. And try not to be as rigid because babies don't come with an instruction manual, unfortunately, and they will constantly be changing everything. And so if you're really rigid with, like, a, quote, you know, like a really big plan, you just need to kind of go with the flow. And if baby ate, you know, 45 minutes ago and seems hungry, like, well, their little tummy needs to be refilled <laughs> and they're hungry, you know. So trying not to be too regimented, I think, is really, really important and asking for help. Yes. 
I think motherhood teaches you that you just have to learn to ask for help for sure. <laughs> that you need your mama tribes. Yes, definitely. Yep. Gina, thank you so much for joining us today. For more information about Gina, as well as information about any of our panelists, please visit our episode page on our website. This conversation continues for members of the Preggy Pals Club. After the show, Gina Chanier is going to discuss some helpful tools for nursing in public. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Hello, Preggy Pals. I am Cynthia Caden, founder of Trick My Crib Nursery and Kids Room Designs, where I help your nursery dreams come true. I'm excited to talk to you today about money-saving tips for the baby's room, specifically about saving on the crib. One of the first steps in designing your baby's room is to know your overall budget and develop a good idea of how much you have to spend on a crib. Second, explore whether you might have the opportunity to receive a hand-me-down or borrow a crib from someone who isn't using theirs. Moms love to help other moms-to-be. As a side benefit, they get that unused crib out of their home. If you are going to purchase a new crib, shop around. Go to the big baby stores to look, feel, and experience the crib hands-on, but then go home and shop online. You will be amazed that you can find online virtually the same crib you fell in love with in the baby store for hundreds less. Convertible cribs are huge money savers. If you don't buy convertible, you should plan on buying a toddler bed in about two years and then a big bed in another two years. I think that's a huge waste of resources, and it really is not necessary. The convertible cribs convert first to a toddler bed and then to a full-size bed, often with a headboard and footboard that already fits and matches the room. They are great. Be aware that you can also buy a crib mattress that converts from infant to toddler just by flipping it over. What a great money saver. I can help you find the perfect crib as part of my flat fee design service. Please like Trick My Crib on Facebook and visit my page often for decorating ideas. Thanks for listening to today's money-saving tips, and be sure to listen to Preggy Pals for more great pregnancy tips in the future. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Preggy Pals. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Newbies for Postpartum Moms During Baby's First Year, Parent Savers for Parents with Infants and Toddlers, Twin Talks for Parents of Multiples, and The Boob Group for Moms Who Breastfeed. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. 
If you are a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.